80s. Oh, this is episode 69, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. What up, what up? Good afternoon, P-Dog, our little student. How you doing, bud? <laughs> that last image makes me sad, man. You and I sitting at the RA Center. It does. Man. It brings up, uh, well, I mean, it wasn't a long time ago, but it brings up memories of being able to go to a restaurant or go <laughs> to a bar and uh, socialize. Neither of us are wearing masks. You know, we're stuffing our face with beer and uh, french fries or whatever happens to be there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's uh, I can bring up some memories. I, I think we're 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 trending in the right direction to get back to that. So I, I think so. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but my life, my life hasn't been disrupted like to a, um, a tenth degree. I mean, apart aside from uh, my my job, my actual life itself, I've been I've been able to be just as active as I was last summer. You know, the inconveniences have been really. Uh, longer lineups at shopping malls or or a Tanger outlet. That was really the only inconvenience. In fact, getting in the grocery store and getting out has been so much quicker. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I can't say that I'm I'm as active as I was before, but I probably wasn't that active to begin with anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm getting ready for the rinks and links in a couple weeks, though, so I got to get active and and figure out this goalie thing. The golf has been on point, which I appreciate. Uh, getting out a little <laughs> bit more often. Um, even then I haven't been out that much, but active, it'd be nice to get out and to have the organized sports. I'm one of those guys from an alignment standpoint, like, I don't want to run. I'm not just going to run just to run. If there's points at the end of it, or there's something I can strive for to compete, then I'm all in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've been struggling trying to find that motivation to get back into, uh, self fitness, I guess, but. Hey, I understand completely. I don't, I'm not a big runner anymore either. I, uh, I think I've ran, I could count how many times I've ran this summer on one hand, but I am a biker and usually biking my butt to a basketball court makes it a lot more, uh, entertaining than just putting my jogging shoes on and going out for a run. I, I, I don't know, but, and I, and I don't know about you, but I, I heard after runs. My knees, my back. Like it takes me about forty-eight hours to sort of get back into like, okay, I'm ready for another run. So I don't know. Do you do you feel soreness after a run? I mean, I started to run. I, we talked about this. I said I'll get good shoes and I'll I'll do the slow. You know, ten seconds on, yeah. two minutes walk, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but ever since I did the sciatic in my right side, my right calf doesn't function the same way as the other one. And by the time I was done, I was like, oh, I feel pretty tight in my left. My good calf is a little tight. And then uh, for two days, I could hardly walk. I was like, okay, yeah. I guess I need to. Uh, I, I also, when you start doing the 10 seconds on in two minutes, it, it feels like, I don't know, I needed to push myself a little bit further because I'm like, no, I could do more than this. And then that might have been a little bit too much too soon. Uh, but I need to get back. I have a bike too. I got to start biking more often. That's, uh, you know, easier on the joints and, and um, you know, uh, the back and all that kind of stuff. I just need to find a basketball court that I need to, to get to. I need a destination. Again, doing sure. a, big, a big lap is not, uh, it's not something I enjoy. So I need a destination and then, 
Yeah. Anyway, I know a bunch of people doing and, mountain biking stuff too, which they've all raved about. But uh, and just to be clear, we're talking primarily like activity and cardiovascular. Like we're that's not including uh, you know a, a really well organized uh, circuit of weights or whatever. So that's that'd be separate. But we can you know we can have a podcast on this. In fact, and maybe get people involved and uh, and they can say they can tell us what they do to keep fit, what's their routine, and maybe we can all brainstorm and and uh, feed off each other. But anyway. Hey, I'm down. I can talk about fitness yeah. all day, but doing it's a different story. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. couple of things. We're going to, again, we're getting into, we're going to, NFL is on tonight. NFL, Woo-hoo! I feel we need an air horn on this one here. I didn't even get properly set up on the couch today, but I'm set up in a different sense. Football is back. It's the Chiefs versus Texans tonight. So we are going to see the Super Bowl champs on the field, uh, a few new faces, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm, I'm curious to hey. see how it goes. I'm um, curious to see how long the NFL goes, if there's going to be any stoppage of play. I think Major League Baseball has um, overcome all the, the, uh, the hurdles that I thought and we both thought that might put a damper on the season and shut it down. And they've managed accordingly. A couple of series have been stopped or uh, postponed, I guess, because of some of those uh, outbreaks. But uh, all, overall, I think they've done a fairly decent job uh, managing it. Sure. Sure. I mean, uh, two mini outbreaks, I think, with, uh, and I forget the teams. I think the Phillies, Phillies were one. And, Mets, and uh, I think. I mean, that's, you know, to, considering uh, how fast this virus can travel, I thought they did a pretty good job. So anyway, fingers crossed that they continue to do this and that it doesn't affect the playoffs, which are, can you believe there's only two and a half weeks left of MLB before the, the playoffs? It's incredible. I love it. I yeah. am loving the 60-game season. Yes, I agree. Maybe 100 is the magic number. But the fact that everything means something and has a lot more weight on it is wonderful. Those Jays games where they're coming back or they're throwing 10 runs in the sixth or they're, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. that overtime rules where you're putting somebody on second saying, you know what, let's wrap this game up. Someone's going to make something happen. And uh, it's it's added excitement to it. I've really enjoyed this baseball season. Now, would you love it more if the Jays weren't playing as well? Like, would you, would you love it equally? I mean, it's exciting because the Jays are in the thick of it and like – you know, uh, seven games over 500, and suddenly the Jays are uh, like second place or whatever they are in their yeah. division. So, I mean, but if it was the opposite, if the Jays were, were basically crap in the bed, would we enjoy this this format as much thinking, oh, man, if there was more season, maybe they can get their, their legs under them kind of thing? Um, I mean, yeah, you get uh, it's six and one, half a dozen the other. It's like, oh, it's great. Everything means something, and it's and it's and it's wonderful that they're winning. So and it, when it means something, but at the same time, if they were losing, we'd say, well, that's like you're losing two games every time you lose uh, two games on a on a standing, every time you're playing a, a rival, um, and that and the season is so short, so there is a lot more pressure there. I think. From a format standpoint, I'm more aware of it and enjoy it more because the Jays are do- are in it and they're winning. So you're sort of more focused on if they were getting their butts whipped, maybe there would be less incentive to watch the Jays because you'd be so frustrated by it and maybe lose some of the appreciation for the nuances that they've changed in the games and the, you know, the doubleheader, seven-inning games, love them. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I really – again, I baseball is one of those traditional sports that has – um, avoided change over, or they've they've really been they've pushed back on change 
throughout their history. And I think now I've always thought they needed to revamp it somehow to sort of bring a little bit more juice to it. And I think this has kind of forced them into it, and I really like it. Baseball has a long-ass history, I tell you. I think it's like, a, what, 1892 or something like that was when the, the game game was created, or it might be even be older than that. Oh, 18, isn't that but, a song, 1892, like Columbus sailed the blue? or Isn't that like when they discovered the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I think we're going back way too. And, and that's my dates are completely wrong. But anyway, but you know it, what I'm But saying. it's definitely over, the, the major leagues are over 100 years old for sure. So it's craziness what, uh, uh, what they have or haven't done over the years. And, you know, they've had a couple of really big uh, moments where, you know, that 94 strike almost – almost killed the league. I mean, it certainly killed a couple killed of teams, Expos. Ex, yep. Expos. But uh, they had a hard time bringing the fans back, and if it wasn't for Maguire and Sosa going berserk in 99 or whatever year. The, I think it was 99. Uh, you know, they may... Who knows what, where baseball would be right now. So, very sure. exciting. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I... I'm with you. I knew the 60-game season was going to be exciting. There was, I don't think excitement was going to be a problem. You know, it's a, it's a sprint to the finish, and every game counts. And But... Uh, to see it every year, I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're gonna they're gonna find a magic number. I don't know if 162 is gonna be the deal next year. I mean, heck, you know, we don't even know what the heck's gonna happen next year with any league. So, it's true. But what we do know is that NFL starts tonight, and the NBA. You had something you wanted to bring up in the NBA uh, that I didn't really recognize uh, until you showed it to me before we went on air. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean. It was a, a huge game six last night for the Raptors Woo. Celts. Um, you know, Raptors win double overtime to push a game seven. Sorry, you know, Matt Budvey. <laughs> hey, anybody's it's gonna be anybody's game at that point. Um, you know, the frustration there's there's emotion at the end of the game, which I I actually think favors the Raptors. Oh, hundred percent. And that I love to see that. So I love oh. to see the young guys of the Celtics, you know, again, start to get irritated, start to, um, you know, buckle a little bit under pressure. And, and I think that, that that intensity and that sort of like animosity at the end of the game is going to favor Toronto because Toronto will use it and in the right direction where I think Boston, again, that smart kid is all over the place. He's phenomenal, but he's also a pest. He's trying to get under people's skin. And when he starts to do that, that's when he's out of his own element. So I'm hoping that he kind of rides that wave into Game 7 and has some um, focus on Gasol or whoever he was uh, pointing his animosity towards at the end of the game. Um, And he sort of takes it off of being able to light up from three anytime he wants. But the clip I'm talking about, uh, it was brought up. There's some uh, debate today on whether Nick Nurse, Coach of the Year, should be fined for some of his actions. So here's the play from last night. Hopefully you can see that. Um, The Raptors are, you know, they're playing defense and they're going to highlight Nick Nurse in the far corner. So just watch how he sort of he's on there. He's yelling at his at his team members to, you know, for their defense. And he's but he's creeping on the court. His foot is on the baseline. And then Tatum, under pressure, throws the ball to a guy in the corner uh, (laughs) that happens to be Nick Nurse and not his his teammate. Um, so there's some debate there. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I'll give Tatum credit. He, he came out. Now I know. Now it all makes sense because I read a quote from him today and I was like, what is he talking about? Uh, I'll give him credit. He says, look, it's Nick, not Nick Nurse's fault. Uh, he, he's not playing in the game and I should have, I should have known better. And that's, that's that. But, uh, 
ah, you know, coaches get excited. I think the Raptors were playing really well, and it was. Uh, I think they had they had Norm Powell had just gotten a, like a three point play or something like that, and Nick Nurse is just digging. And you can see he actually scoots far enough from the uh, the guy on the uh, on the far end, uh, the Celtic Tice, player. He's, yeah. he's, he tries to scoop away from him to distinguish himself from that guy. He doesn't call for the ball. You don't see him clapping. So give me the ball. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, that's grease. Yeah. That know? is grease. That's like the Mike, the Mike Tomlin when he tries to trip the guy uh, running up the field on a punt return or something. It's nothing like that. I appreciate you know <laughs> you calling out your own coach because not a lot of people would do that. Pierre is a big Steeler fan, and he called out his coach for being a dink. Because that's what that it was, was pretty greasy. That was greasy. That was pretty greasy. But uh, no, I, I, that's a nothing play, a nothing call. Tatum should know better. His teammates were green. Uh, again, good on Tatum, who I think is the next superstar in the NBA mm. if he isn't already. Um, good on Tatum for just taking the high road, saying like, "Look, this, 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 I, the mistake, move move on." So, and I that's agree. how I feel. That's a, that's a nothing. In fact, I was I thought some of the chatter this morning about the end of the game last night was about. Um, Lowry and Nick Nurse having a, a sort of a heated discussion right at the very end of the game. Yeah. Where the Raptors, I think, got a rebound, and all they had to do was inbound the ball, and uh, the game would have been over. It was 0.5 seconds, but Nick Nurse took a timeout. And uh, uh, oh, yeah, no, the Celtics had scored. Raptors were still up, but there was 0. 0.5 on 0.5. the clock. An inbound, and the clock would have ran out. But Nick Nurse took a timeout for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why he took a timeout, but he did. Uh, all it did was move the the ball to the front court. Um, if you think about that, moving the ball to the front court in Boston zone, is, you know, if Boston gets a steal, they're less likely to, to hoist up a three from half court. So there is a strategy to taking a timeout in that particular instance. But uh, yeah, Lowry what? disagreed with the fact. He kind of shrugged his shoulders like they – they're too – Lowry's the vet. Nick Nurse knows that Lowry's the captain. I like how it was handled. Brief discussion. Ball game over. They both put water on the fire at the uh, after the game, and that was that. So, but that's I don't know if you saw that. I did. I didn't know what it was about. Um, I was at Curtis's. We're doing a fantasy draft. I was getting yelled at because I didn't have the settings up properly. Anyway, so I wasn't <laughs> at the end. I was just happy that the Raptors had won. But um, right. I get it, and uh, I get them like from both point of views. But I, I personally have no problem with them calling a timeout and saying, you know what, like, let's just not take a risk. Let's make sure everybody knows what we're doing on the page. And it's not somebody throwing an inbound really quickly just to get the point five, but the other guy not looking and he's trying to run a set play. And then, you know, again, bad things can happen. But with point five seconds, like, you need to be within a shooting range to even have a shot. So I think that was uh, probably the right call, but I appreciate both of their competitiveness and uh, both of their fire. But if they can, again, it's not going to be a big deal in the locker room. Kyle Lowry is the Raptor of all Raptors. I texted you last night. Like he's just, um, he's solidifying himself as the Raptor of all time. But um, game seven tomorrow night, I'm pretty pumped to watch it. That being said, you know, you get excited that the Bucks are out, but the Heat look phenomenal. And I think if we go back to the Dan Case uh, basketball episode, I think we all chose who we thought was going to be in the finals of each division. I'm pretty sure I took the Heat and the Raptors. So I'm close. I didn't put any money on it, but I'm close. Hey, we'll see. We, I think we've all been saying the Heat are going to make a mess for a lot of teams just the way they play, and they're well coached, and Jimmy Butler was a good pickup for them. Jimmy Butler was basically a Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's replacement, so and yeah. they play a lot alike. But the Raptors, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Nurse, Kyle Lowry is going to be, a, I think, it's a, is a lock for the Hall of Fame. That's my call on Kyle Lowry, lock for the Hall of Fame. 
championship point guard. And when you're the best player on a franchise in, in their history, you're, you're sort of an it's an automatic Hall of Fame bid. So it has to I'm be. a big fan. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's a big game tomorrow night. And uh, super pumped. I, it, yeah, it's a uh, war of attrition at this point. Whoever whoever has the most gas in the tank. Yeah, Nick Nurse is getting his own suit made today. Like a, he's going to come out fancy. It's going to be sort of green. Have like Tice's last name on the back and a couple numbers. And <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. This uh, is another thing that sort of popped up on my. Um... Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, uncomfortable. It's uh, it's uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable to say the least. Um, so let's just, <clears throat> again, he likes to get pooped on. Is anybody actually surprised about this? The guy chose to go to Cleveland. If somebody likes to be pooped on, you go to Cleveland. Has he confirmed or denied that rumor? Has he? Has no, he I have no clue. Did he? Did he tweet that, or did someone just? <laughs> I, I have mean, no what idea. Is, I, I saw that Curtis sent. Kurt, your brother sent it to me yesterday, and I'm like, uh, it's a interesting tidbit, interesting fact. I don't think it's going to be in his in his uh, official bio when the when they're ha- handing out. Uh, <laughs> when they're handing out what? Because it might be in one of those apps. It might just be in that actual profile. <laughs> Love hey, listen, me. wasn't it Buddy, was it, uh, not Buddy Ryan, it was his son, Rex Ryan, What didn't he like to have his toes sucked or something stupid like that? Buddy, Rex Ryan hasn't seen his toes, how does he know what, <laughs> those are Buddy Ryan's kids? Yeah, Rex and Ryan. Well, it's not Rex yeah. and Ryan, Rex and, Rex and, uh, oh, sorry, Rex and, uh, long hair guy. Rob, Rob, Rex and Rob Ryan are Bobby Ryan's sons. Not Bobby Buddy Ryan. Ryan. Buddy Ryan. <laughs> Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan just got honored for his. <laughs> the Bill Masterton Award, right? Right. Congratulations for... to, Buddy, to Buddy Ryan. <laughs> okay. Can we just, we're just going to NFL here. <laughs> this is insane. Too many buddies, too many Bobbies, too many Ryans. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <clears throat> okay. We're talking NFL today. The yeah. NFL is back. In the essence of time and making sure that we're not going through every single team because that'll take hours, which we did on a couple episodes last year. <laughs> yes, <we're> outdoors. <laughs> we are going to oh, NFL's back. We are doing a unsportsmanlike convo pick 'em pool. So if you haven't registered yet, go to the uh, Facebook page. It's got a link there. You can join the pool host uh, pick 'em one. And uh, Pep and I will be picking right along with everybody. I think we're doing it's 10 bucks. It's very minimal at this point, just to say that there is a prize. We'll have some hats to give away, some other swag, um, some shout-outs to people who are doing well during the week. And uh, if you happen to be somebody who's dominating these things, one, I'm going to start putting money on your picks. And two, we're going to get you on as one of our uh, betting experts. So we already know we got uh, a handful of people who've registered, but uh, we think it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, get on the website, get on Facebook and register. Yes. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. We are going to go through the divisions of the NFL and we're going to pick who we think is going to be the division winner. Um, we're going to have obviously more in-depth analysis as we get through the season and other things transpire. And, you know, hopefully the season goes to its, its max and its normal schedule, but, uh, Hey, those are things you need to account for. So if you're in fantasy football and you're drafting guys, I picked up a guy who's on the COVID list right now. Um, you know, so we'll see how long they're on for. I think there's 
anyway, it's going to be interesting uh, to say the least. Oh, for sure. I mean, even even tonight, uh, Brandon Cooks is is questionable. So you know, the season hasn't even started, and their number one wide receiver is questionable. So because very of COVID? bizarre. I uh, I don't know. I have no injury. It's just a, like a, I think an ankle or a bum or a shoulder or something like that. I got to adjust my lineup real quick. Yeah, <laughs> questionable whether or not I mean usually questionable means he's good to go. But yeah. um, why don't we start? I want to start with the AFC. Actually, the AFC West for me is uh, is going to be interesting because uh, I'll give you, give you my quick pick. I think the Chiefs run away with it. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how interesting can it be? Well, you know what? It's funny because I think uh, I think the Broncos were the team that I thought was going to make the biggest jump in the division. Uh, maybe, maybe fight for a wild card, but I, I don't. I don't like. I don't like what the Raiders have done. I don't think they drafted very well. In fact, they cut one of their draft picks, right, Lynn Bowden Jr. Uh, no, they, they uh, traded him. So they drafted him. him uh, I think it was last year. They traded him before cutting him. They traded him and a later draft pick to get their fourth that they had initially traded to. I think it was right. the Chargers. Got it back. Right. So, again, you're going to cut somebody. If you can trade and up your draft pick or get a draft pick back, good on them. So, from a GM standpoint, kudos. Well, you know, we look at the Raiders. They drafted Henry Ruggs, who, you know, he fits the Raider style, right? They just like speed. But no one thought they were going to draft him. I think they had another draft pick that was questionable. I don't know if Mike Mayock's the guy. So, I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good. And I picked them last year, and they failed me miserably. Um, I picked them to be to make a leap last year. I don't think they've gotten better. Um, the Chargers, certainly when you lose your franchise quarterback, you haven't gotten better. Is Tyrod Taylor serviceable? No, he has 8-8 eight and eight written all over him, and that's best-case scenario for me. I don't think Justin Herbert's going to play much uh, at all. I think Tyrod Taylor, it's his year to <laughs> blow or to do whatever, and I think G- uh, Herbert will just learn from him. Yeah. Um, that's how he got but, the job. So for me, we know what the Chiefs can do, and I'll let you talk about the Chiefs because I know they've they've lost a couple of guys. But I think the Broncos are the team to look at in that division and say, okay, is this the year you make that leap? Because they played so many close games last year and lost them, but uh, they had such a uh, uh, they. I think they finished seven and nine. I'd have to look up the record, but they had they had a they had lost a lot of three point games, seven point games, like really really close games. So. They're the team that, you know, is Drew Locke the guy. Seven and nine so, is what the Broncos were last year. Seven and nine last year. So, I mean, that could have been easily nine and seven, ten and six. They lost it. Uh, Flacco was their starting quarterback at the end of the year. Do you think Drew Locke is their guy? Uh, he is for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, uh, Elway likes him. They, they picked him up, you know, at a, a pretty decent draft. Uh, pick, but I think they're going to give him ample time to develop. I think they have. He, they, I think they believe he has all the skill sets to do it. Uh, who am I to say he doesn't? Like he was very good in college, has a lot of the intangibles, has a lot of the physical attributes that the, you know Elway likes to see because Elway doesn't believe in actually just playing winners like Tebow. But he'll cut them, and then he'll get guys that fit the mold. Uh, no hard feelings. It's it's no resentment here. I, I just can't stand him. But anyway, he. <laughs> He has everything that they look for. I don't know. He's not the solution this year, but quarterbacks only really get into their like prime by the time they're like 29. And this guy's only like 24 or something like that. So he's got a few years to go. He's got a, you know, again, it's when the mind catches up with the physical attributes from a quarterback standpoint that they really start to excel. And I think he's still sort of on the way up. Yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, I, so personally for this division, I see the Chiefs being at a, 
I'm not going to give the solid records right now because we really, yep. just for the sake of time, but I think the Chiefs finish with somewhere along the lines of 13 wins. Uh, and I think Denver can be a 9-7 and seven or 7-9 seven and nine team again this year. It all depends on if these young guys, the Lin- Philip Lindsays and the wide receivers that they have, if they can make the leap to the next level, the Broncos could be could very well be a, what, one of the wild card teams. Uh, and I, I just don't like the Raiders, and I, I don't think the uh, the Chargers did themselves any favors by uh, by uh, getting out just sort of a you know a run of the mill eight and eight guy like Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. So whatever, I agree with you. I think this whole season, no preseason, um, very little training camp, favors the Chiefs from start to finish. Anyway. They haven't lost a lot of pieces. Now, yes, uh, Duvernay Tardif is, you know, sitting out from COVID, so that's a big right guard spot. But, you know, they have some replacements for that. They have a couple running backs who have opted to sit out or whatever, but they also drafted very high with, uh, uh, what's his name, Hilaire, uh, the kid at LSU. I always forget his last name. Edwards Hilaire. Great pickup, um, by the way. Great pickup. Uh, I targeted him in my fantasy and got him. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a really, really good year for a rookie running back coming in. He's going to have all the, the opportunities to do it, and they have they still have all those weapons. So when you have Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and, um, again, it goes on. Sammy Watkins, Watkins is back, yeah. uh, whatever. They have uh, – their defense is still – strong they just re- anyway they just re-signed the other guy for 100 million their interior d-line like they're they're right where they were last year and i think that they roll quite a bit moving forward so the chiefs hands down i think you're right with the broncos i think the broncos actually make a big step i think getting melvin gordon was huge for them i think yeah. so that added element to their offense with Lindsay as kind of that speed back i think gordon brings a, a another uh aspect of a guy who's should be pretty hungry to reestablish himself as one of the the uh the better backs in the league and he's got some stuff to prove where i think that the chargers had kind of like uh, you know once you sort of that relationship is severed a bit from a team i think it's easy for an athlete to sort of uh, get caught and just not be sort of into it i think the new fresh start um you know the training aspect and being at that high altitude in denver the whole time i think will pay dividends for a guy like gordon who's you know on the older scale spectrum from a running back standpoint but i think he's got a lot of stuff to give so i think denver actually is going to be uh somebody who's kind of surprised now losing von miller for the season does hurt extremely from a defensive standpoint so that's going to be the biggest thing that denver's got to overcome is that kind of injury um i think everything else offensively they were starting to make some the right moves to uh, actually help the defense run on the field, but uh, Von Miller's a big piece to to, uh, to fill in. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs take this division. Yeah, and uh, one final note: the Chargers will end up with the nicest uniforms in the NFL. But now, did you see the uh, the glimpse of their new building? Uh, don't wow! So. Well, maybe I did. It's either that wow. one or the Vegas one, one of the two. But the Vegas goes one is now nice as well. But, how ironic is that the these two brand new monuments basically uh, will be empty for most of this season? But the 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 one in Los Angeles is just incredible. Anyways, moving on. If I may choose the next division, you can choose all the divisions, Pep. I'm yeah. just along for the ride. <laughs> AFC South. Uh, the AFC South they surprised me last year. AFC South. Say that three times fast. They you know what they came up big last year in the playoffs. 
that division snuck up on everybody. I mean, who thought the Titans were going to make the uh, the championship game? Uh, I certainly didn't see the Texans doing as well as they did last year. You know, Texans were up twenty-one nothing on the Chiefs in that playoff game. I mean, they were they were rolling until what's his name O'Brien r- runs a fake punt and and throws momentum completely the other way. But the Texans were rolling. Um, but I think the class of the, the division this year for me, the, the team I'm picking this year is neither of those teams. It's going to be the Indianapolis Colts because Phillip Rivers is, is now playing for a guy who used to coach him. I think the Colts, are they drafted a running back as well. They're loaded. They got, if not the best offensive line in the NFL, certainly in the division, the best offensive line. I think they're ready to roll. I think they're ready to make that next level. And Rivers is the guy. So they're my team to finish eleven and five. It's going to be a tough division. Uh, I don't think the Texans did themselves any favors by losing Hopkins and getting David Johnson in return. I don't know how he fits their offense. I Tannehill. I mean, I don't see the Titans repeating their performance unless they run um, Derrick Henry to the ground, and then the Jags aren't even worth mentioning. So those are my picks for the South. I don't know how you feel. Again, I'm not going to actually argue with a lot of that stuff. I think the Texans take a step back overall. Um, But I think the two teams that have arguably the best or at least top uh, maybe three, maybe five offensive linemen in the league. So the Colts and and the, the, the Titans, I feel their offensive line are both right up there at the top. So from Quentin Nelson out, from uh, Taylor Lewan, I left tackle with the Titans. Like, they got some quality offensive line. So I think that it's going to come down to the two of those guys. It's going to be dependent on health from some of the receivers from a, a Colts standpoint. Um, you know, Rivers slinging the ball, again, from a fantasy standpoint, I grabbed a bunch of Colt receivers now because a guy like T.Y. Hilton, you know, is now getting Phillip Rivers slinging the ball versus um, – Uh, Jacoby Brissett last year and you know a Paris Campbell those kind of guys I'm like he's going to spread the ball around he's just going to do that their running game is good Uh, they did pick up um, uh, uh, the kid from uh, was it Wisconsin they got Um, anyway I'll look that up it's not Love uh, or is it Jordan Love no Jordan Love's quarterback where's Curtis Ah, he's at home Um, (laughs) anyway I'm, I'm horrible with yep. names. Anyway, they got the, a very good running back coming in from a rookie standpoint. Uh, running behind offensive line like that is going to be great. Now, Tennessee has a great offensive line. They have a franchise horse back there in, in Henry. And I think that if Tannehill's need to win a game is reduced and all he has to do is not lose a game and he got the new contract i think he should be pretty confident saying you know what I, i'm going through uh I, i'm starting to take the next step you know aj brown um you know he's got some pretty good young receivers if they can kind of gel i think they might actually i think the colts and the titans are actually fighting for that division and i yeah, think it's going to be closer than uh well it's going to be way closer than the chiefs division that's for sure when we look at the Titans too, that you know that that they just proved once again that the running game can travel anywhere and at any time, and they ran Derrick Henry uh, almost to a Super Bowl appearance. I mean, think about that for a second. He almost took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, Tannehill threw I think what ten passes or fifteen passes in one of those playoff games. Yeah, 
Tannehill to me though has matured a lot in the last couple of years. I know he's been bounced around a little bit, but I mean, if you look at uh, look at Alex Smith, it took Alex Smith a few years. Everyone thought he was a bust when he first got to San Francisco. It took him four, five, six years to develop into a really high end quarterback. So you know, is Tannehill's kind of on the same trajectory? So I don't know. I think I think you're right. I think the Titans are going to be the the team, and I. Uh, I, I never, I never just never liked the Texans personally. I just never think they they always come up short when the, in the big games. So and Jonathan Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, the running back. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is it even worth mentioning? Unless you, the Jaguars are going to be absolutely terrible. But like you said, we talked about this briefly on the last episode. Mm-hmm. They're just stockpiling draft picks. I mean, they could be very good in two years, but right now they stink. Yeah. I I I still thought that they were going to make a push for Adrian Peterson, but the. <laughs> The other place that running backs go to die is where he signed with Detroit. <laughs> anyway. All right. Moving on. Um, AFC East. Uh, you know what? I'm going to let you uh, uh, start the AFC off with uh, or the AFC East off with uh, your projections of us with the, the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets. Honestly, I think this division is going to be very interesting this year. I think that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that Brady's out, I mean, Cam Newton is there, but. I'm dying to see if Cam Newton's able to fill a role um, like Brady did with a Belichick-type offense, where is he able to get that um, that cohesiveness with his, with his receivers and you know be able to hit Edelman where the ball's in the air before his break? Um, yeah, he can go deep. So they got a couple of speedsters at Nikhil Harry and stuff like that who's very quick. He can throw it downfield. That's fine. Uh, he still has the legs. Like He's, he's a freak of nature. But I just don't know how he fits in. Now, their defense is always going to keep them in the games, all that kind of stuff, but I'm very curious to see how that works. That being said, Buffalo is the team that I'm going to take to win this division this year. I think, you know, from an offensive standpoint, Allen is going to take his game kind of to the next level. Now he's going to start to put a few things together where it's not just run first, throw later, but he also has that physical ability to uh, take over when he needs to. Defensively, th- their defense is, you know, right up there in terms of all the league, the top three probably, at least projected, I think it's top two even. Um, so I think defensively they're going to be there. I think offensively they're going to start to to sort of piece things together a little bit. Their offensive line is not bad. It's not top five by any means, but I think they can get by. Uh, nicest uniforms. They oh. arguably are right there with the Chargers. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, surprisingly enough, I think the Jets could uh, make things a little interesting too. I, I Sam Darnold again. The the biggest hurdle for the Jets is going to be Gase as as uh, as a coach. Uh, I think he's he's going to cause a lot of problems uh, from. Uh, a player standpoint. I just don't think he gets and understands his players or understands how to get the best out of them, whatever it is, or put them in the right situations. There's something about him. And I wish I had a bunch of those images when he first got hired where it looks like he's looking in 18 different directions and he's high as a kite. And Anyway. I can't agree with you more about Adam Gase. He he gives me zero confidence just in, uh, on the sidelines. Uh, what he said about Le'Veon Bell, that's that's your guy. Right. I mean, they spent they spent a lot of money on Le'Veon Bell. Whether you whether you came in and had to inherit him or not, he's there. He's uh, arguably a, a, a third or fourth receiver, depending on what you roll out in your offense. I mean, work with the guy. And right now, by the, by all accounts, Bell is a headache. 
and he's unhappy and he's going to he can be well look at Pittsburgh he can be a just a huge cancer in your locker room so um what do you think of Miami and they just announced Fitzpatrick as their week one starter I think we yeah. all know Fitzy's not the long-term uh, magic man but uh, neither's Tyrod Taylor but Fitzy's a guy who again veteran guy gives, that's the best thing they could do to be honest because you can't take especially in a team like Miami that there's a lot of uh you know, whatever. They're coming out of a hole is what they're trying to do. And you can't then put... It's like the Ottawa Senators with Alexandre Daigle. You're not, you can't just put him out there and say, you know what, be our savior and do that to Tua because he's not going to last. He's not going to learn. He's going to get hurt or he's going to be like, you know what, I'm out of here. So you can't do that. Fitz, Fitz Magic, put him in there. He's also, I think, from a, 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 a mentoring side and the mental aspect of the game, obviously... Fitzpatrick that comes from Harvard has, you know, is very uh, smart. He sees the game. He he also seems to have a lot of fun. So I think he's actually really good for Tua. But I think that's the smartest move is you got to put in uh, Fitzpatrick to start the season 100%. And, you know, I say he lasts most of the season if they keep if they if they're competitive and he's not hurt or anything, I think they keep him as much as possible and develop Tua. Tua's coming off of still an injury, right? Like he he didn't even play um, his last season, so they got to monitor that and really get a good feel for where he's at physically before they start throwing into um, game action. But anyway, yeah, his magic's there. Um, anyway, I, yeah. Other than that, I don't. There's not a whole lot. Uh, with Miami, that's super exciting to be honest. But um, I think they finish at the end of the, at the bottom of the division. So I I'm gonna upset a lot of people with it. Actually, no, you know the reason why I still think the Patriots are the team to beat is because they're the team to beat. They they're the ones who yeah. you know ro- rolled out again a 12 and four season last year with a with an anemic offense. Like they were brutal last year. Um, but. The difference this year is they I think they lead the NFL in in players who've opted out because of COVID. Not just any player, all four starting linebackers. Right. Two of their secondary. I mean, we're talking about a team that's just said, okay, well, we're not this may not be the year. We're gonna work on some things and tinker. But with Bill Belichick, you know, he's he's made stars out of nobody. Chris Hogan was a nobody zero wide receiver before he came to New England. And guess what he, he is a, after he def, left New England? Still, nobody, nothing, zero. Right, exactly. Yeah. But he got paid. So, I mean, he got paid because Belichick turned him into something that, uh, you know, he wanted him to be a Wes Welker. So if anybody can do it, it's it's Bill Belichick. He's got an all, all-world all quarterback. You know, is he the, as accurate as Brady? I don't know. Um, but he's got attributes that Brady doesn't have. So uh, you know who knows who? What if they what, what if they're rolling out and running option plays like uh, Lamar Jackson did all last year? Like who knows? And who we knows know. his accuracy necessarily either? Because he doesn't ever throw balls that are eight yards or shorter. And Brady, that's all yeah. he does. So you see, yeah, I'm pretty accurate from eight yards in too. But yeah, oh yeah, right. Uh, like honestly, I, it's a this a, a complete wild card. I think it is a two horse race: Bills and and Patriots. And I think that the team that doesn't win the division is going to fight for a wild card. Yeah. I, call me crazy. It's, it all depends on what uh, Bill Belichick does with his defense. I don't think – I think you're right. I think Miami finishes at the end of this uh, the, uh, of this division. And I think the Jets are a kind of a wild card team with the, in terms of talent. But Adam Gase is just not – he's just a mess. So yep. uh, and we both agree on that. So I'm going to go Bills in terms of winning the division and then the Patriots a close second. And then the other two, who knows. 
Uh, AFC, AFC North. <laughs> the North. AFC what? North. The North have two of the three Super Bowl favorites um, to come out of the AFC. Uh, with Ben Roethlisberger back in the fold, we're looking at uh, an 8-8 eight and eight Steelers team from last year who played the whole year without a quarterback, really. Uh, returning, Ben Ben says his arm feels good. He's lost a bunch of weight. Um, he's nervous. He's excited. His receivers are uh, another year older. Schuster's coming off a down year. He's got something to prove. Chase, I talk about the Steelers because I'm excited. I think legitimately they're the team there that's going to come back and and uh, maybe earn that division again. Chase Claypool has looked good in camp. Big kid, big Canadian kid out of Notre Dame. You know they picked up Eric Ebron. Um, so they got some backups on the offensive line. Steven Wisniewski, world world champion, Kansas City Chief from last year, is now starting this year. This uh, this week, David DeCastro is out. Um, uh, it's wow. It, it it could be these guys could beat the shit out of each other for for sixteen weeks. Uh, so I have I have the Ravens as the favorite because they drafted so so well again. They draft to their strengths. It's just like they're going to outrun everybody. They're going to out out punch everybody. They're so well coached. So I have the Ravens and the Cedars going dog head to head. I have zero confidence in the Browns because. Their leaders are Odell Beckham type guys, and I don't know if those kind of guys can lead a team. Can be uh, your, the guy you want to follow and go to war with. Do you got to poop on OBJ all the time? <laughs> we did not rehearse that, folks. We did not rehearse that. That's that's just that's just that's just comedy Jesus coming out in natural. <laughs> that's just timing. That's opportunity. Let me tell you something about the Bengals, though, and this is what I, I want to ask you about the, the Cincinnati Bengals because no one's given them any chance this year. That, I mean, I think it's the Joe Burrow is the man right away, um, but they have talent everywhere on the field except offensive line. Yeah, uh, and whatever, I'll be the first to tell you. It's just talk to Joe Mixon, interview him, and say how is it running behind no offensive line? Yeah, it sucks. If you don't have an ask Joe Burrows in eight weeks, say how's it feeling? He's be like, oh, actually, I'm hurt. I'm not playing. But if you don't have an offensive line, um, then your offense is just not going to do anything. So you know, it's not all flash and whatever from those big fat guys up front. But I tell you, that's what makes or breaks an offense or a defense. Cincinnati, you're right. They, they got a couple good draft picks. Again, Burrows is going to be throwing right in there. A guy like T. Higgins, like from a, a real quality receiver that they picked up out of Clemson. Joe Mixon has turned out to be quite good considering the fact that he's running with nothing. Um, you know, and even on the defensive side, it's not even horrible. It's just, it's not coming all together. And until they up and really establish some dominance in terms of an offensive line, like back to the Anthony Munoz type days and stuff, you know, you're just not going to get the success you're looking for. So they're still in a rebuild process. They got some skilled people around them, but they need to now make some moves to up the hoggies up front. And I think, I think this division could could definitely provide three teams in the playoffs easily, easily. The division winner and the two wild cards could come out of this division. Uh, whether or not it's whether or not Cleveland can actually make the jump because they actually. They were smart in free agency. They picked up a, a, a tight end. They picked up a, some players that they needed. I think Cleveland's going to be that team, the one team with the asterisks. They have the talent. Do they have the coaching? 
Um, one thing they do have are new uniforms, and they've gone back to the old school, so they're going to look good losing. That's so Cleveland? I like the uh, <laughs> I like the Ravens to win the division, but it, it's going to be a dogfight with the Steelers. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers win the division. I think those two guys are going to knock each other out. It's whether or not Cleveland could make the jump, and I think the Bengals are still a year away. And uh, uh, that's our call. Uh, that I don't know what you think. The Ra- you, who are you picking between the Ravens and Steelers? Um, I'm taking the Steelers. I think uh, I think the the Ravens had a bit of a push last year, so I think they come in thinking that their uh, their focus will be on Kansas City because that's who they they're coming back and they're hungry to beat Kansas City. Uh, I think the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger back are a completely different team. Uh, shout out to uh, Lauren Goldenberg who was working with uh, Big Ben down in Pittsburgh for. Uh, uh, so if you anybody watched the there's a mini series on on Roethlisberger anyway, um, but I think with Roethlisberger back, I think from an offensive standpoint that uh, that changes quite a bit. Their offensive line is still right up there, so I give them that. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, like their linebacking core from a, a, a TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, and Devin Bush are arguably one of the best linebacking cores in the league. And they fly around. And I think that's what's going to separate um, them from the Ravens and make them really compete with the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers actually make it to the Super Bowl, maybe win the Super Bowl this year, based on um, what they have currently, what they're bringing back, and the, um, I guess, the, the experience that's coming with them. And I think they just they match up really well. Like you said, Ravens drafted really good. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to be awesome. Their running game is going to be amazing. But how do you stop a running game? It's going to be some big guys up front, which the Steelers have, but it's going to have those linebackers that are able to fly sideline to sideline and make those tackles. And I think that's where they're strong. So if they can stay healthy, um, you know, my pick is with the Steelers. I'm taking the Steelers. I think the Ravens might get a, a wild card, but I think the Steelers win the division. You heard it here f- first, folks. Brock is going with my Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh, is it? Cr- it's Christmas already? Unbelievable. It's kind of cringeworthy, actually, when I talk about it, but whatever. It's, so uh, let's just, just to quickly wrap up the AFC. So you've got the Chiefs. Who, who are your Super Bowl picks? Uh, or let, why don't we just, why don't we put it this way? Pick a, pick a Super Bowl uh, representative from the AFC and a runner up. Okay, so you want the East Finals, what you're looking for. So I, I'm going to say the uh, works out uh, playoff wise, bracket wise, the Chiefs and the Steelers will be my yeah. uh, my pick. Yeah, I uh, I think the Chiefs uh, are the team to beat, and now that Andy Reid has a Super Bowl under his belt, I think he's going to be a. I think we're going to really see a the, the, maybe the best coaching job of his career this year. Um, Boy, oh boy, it's going to be a hell of a, a season to see no fans in the stands. And some of these AFC teams, I mean, going to the dog pound even, uh, playing in Heinz Field, the fans make a huge difference. So there's that element that we haven't even discussed. And, you know, we can get into that uh, maybe uh, after week one. We'll see how it actually looks on TV. But I think not having fans is going to be a huge deal for some of these teams. The Chiefs benefited Arrowhead. I mean, it's, it's hell for opposing teams to come in there. So there's that element that we, we haven't even thought about. So at the end of the day, 
I'm going Chiefs and Steelers in the uh, in the uh, AFC final, and I'm going Steelers in the Super Bowl because I just can't not go Steelers. So, so you had the Ravens win the division, Steelers in a wild card, then they make it all yep. the way to the thing. Okay, I see. Because yep. it sounded you like you were changing your tune a little bit. Because I no 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 I no. The Ravens will, will win the, the division, and yeah. Ravens will win the division like they do, and uh, and then they just they'll fold in the playoffs, and uh, and Pittsburgh will just be Pittsburgh will go on a late season run and uh, and uh, ride the momentum into the playoffs. Pittsburgh will Boom. squeak out a win over Buffalo in the round beforehand before going to the Chiefs. <laughs> All right, you know what? And uh, let's let's just stop at the AFC today. It's already yeah. we're already like 48, 49 minutes in. Let's stop at the AFC today. I like it. Um, we're gonna let's let's end our video here. We're gonna end it. This is the the video is ending right now. So there's no music though because what happens is the music is gonna be only on the audio version. So we're gonna stay goodbye to the video, but we're gonna let's touch on. We have the Chiefs and Texans tonight. So I'd like to hear your prediction. So that'll be on the podcast. You want to hear what we predict for tonight's game? That'll be on the podcast along with our uh, outro music, which I really. It, it brings nothing to the show other than the fact that I love playing old school tunes that I hear. And I'm just like, <laughs> I want to play it somewhere. So that's what we're doing. Anyway, we are out from a video standpoint. Peace out, video. Peace out. Okay. Tonight, Chiefs, Texans. First game, NFL. There is zero preseason. There is very little camp coverage. Um <sighs> This is, I mean, we're going in as blind as we can probably be. Um, other than the fact that you know that Cooks is uh, is hurt. But who do you think, what's your prediction for tonight's game? Well, again, with no no preseason, you don't, I haven't even had a chance to really see the, the continuity that the Texans have developed with their new receivers and a new running back. So, I mean, there's no, there hasn't been any game action to really base it anything on. So... Uh, you're, you got a Chiefs team that's coming back, bringing everybody back. So this could be, this could be a a, a twenty eight ten type game. I'm going to go twenty eight ten for the Chiefs, only because I haven't seen what the Texans have to offer with some new new pieces on on the uh, on the table here. Uh, I also think the Chiefs. Uh, week one is going to be. It's not good football. Everyone's rusty. No one's played. Um, I don't expect it to be a real barn burner by any means. It's week one on a Thursday, no less. And you know how I feel about Thursday games. It's never good football. I always find the Thursday games not to be good football. It's 8.20 in the, in the evening. Our, our, our internal clocks don't work that way. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going Chiefs. It's just a matter of how much. 28-10 Chiefs. Because it's a short week? Is that why you don't like the Thursday games? <laughs> I just don't. Well, like Normally, I, it's a short week, and I just don't think the guys are, re- are recovered from playing on a Sunday. You got... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to recover fully, and then you're you're back at it on the Thursday. Like you've played football, Brock. It takes a week some to recover at, at, if you're lucky. I'm some st- of these guys. I'm still recovering from my last game, and that was <laughs> 20 years ago. Oh fuck! You know? Yeah, I don't even know what the anyway. I don't even want to think about it. Go think about it. Uh, I think yeah. I think you're right. I think it's ugly. Um, I think Casey takes it handily. What'd you is eighteen point spread is what you took on them? I don't even know what the spread 10. is. It could be worse. Twenty ten, yeah, I think it's probably similar spread. It's probably a thirty five to fourteen type win. Uh, thirty five, maybe even a seventeen, depending. Like I think it's just a they're gonna try and get in and out win. 
keep everybody as healthy as possible. There's going to be a lot of feeling out, you know, no fans, no whatever. That's, that's, it's big to overcome and to, to get pumped up. Like, I'm the worst when it comes to, you know, a practice player. I was never a practice player. I needed a game. So yeah. my intensity, and that hurt me in, in some of the, the getting, because you got to be good in practice to get on the field. So some of that stuff, you're like, well, this, he's not playing well. But then you get in the game and you dominate. It's a different, it's a completely different feeling. Add 100,000 fans, you know, cheering you on or whatever and, and riding through that emotion. That's a basketball, same thing. You watch the Raptors. And I'm just like, that's extremely hard to get over. And to and this is the very first game. Every single team is looking at this to say, how are they going to react? How are we going to react? How should we react? And I think it's going to be uh, very interesting. But I think, yeah, I think it's going to be 35-17 for the Chiefs is what I'm going with. Well, they have the Chiefs uh, officially nine-and-a-half-point favorites and total total score of 53.5. So I should have looked you know, first. We'll, we'll see. But Chiefs are the official home team, so uh, you know the Texans have that going in their in their favor because there's no fans. So we right. shall see. All right. I went on random for the I love old school hip hop Spotify playlist. I got me some Run DMC. It's tricky. It reminds me of that. What's that movie? Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Right it was like the high school movie. It was uh, uh, one of the, the hot girls. She was all the movies, and the, when you're the teenager, you're always uh, oh Saved by God. the Bell. Saved no, by the not Saved by the Bell. She's like uh, name me some of the like the hot celebrities from back then. Uh, I don't. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the song. I'm going to mute. I'm going to find it. Jennifer Love Hewitt, and it was the movie Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> I would have never guessed. <laughs> and it, they had there was a Run DMC tricky thing. It was uh, the little redhead actor guy that was doing it. Anyway, that movie was on actual loop for probably a week straight at uh, when I was at Colgate on the CUTV, Colgate University Television, whatever. So and in between classes, you flip it on to the CUTV and it would be this movie. You just watch it, whatever spot it was at, you would watch it. And then, you know, next time you're on a break, you turn it on and you catch a different version of it. Anyway, 
Uh, yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt, the old teen star there, and uh, can't hardly wait. She was pretty tricky. Yeah. All right. Wasn't she the uh, vampire girl or whatever? No. Uh, Jennifer Love. No, no. you no. might be thinking of uh, Alyssa Milano. Also, also good looking. Are we still airing? Oh, it's uh, <clears throat> it's on air. But anyway, it's, uh, it'll be on the podcast. <laughs> Luckily, there's no uh, you'll see us blushing right now. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, that's it. We are out. Chiefs Texans tonight. Tune in if you haven't yet. Sign up for the uh, Pick'em Pool. Um, we got uh, again, which I have to do. By go. the way, I have not forgotten. Get in there. I got to pick it in. It's only for Sundays, so it does not include tonight's game or any other Excellent. Friday Saturdays. It is only for Sundays. That way, it's the easiest one we can manage. Um, and, uh, yeah, good luck to everyone and we'll see you guys. Uh, well, we'll come back and we'll do the NFC, uh, shortly. Awesome. Go Raptors. This was episode 69, by the way.